PM board bombs. Now, here's doctors Iltafat Hussein and Blake Bruce. Welcome back to another EM Board Moms podcast where board studying is now more enjoyable. I am Elfat Hussein, joined by Dr. Blake Briggs. What's up, Briggs? Truly a pleasure. Truly. Right. Each 10 to 15 minute episode, we drop high yield board knowledge. Come for the STEM, stay for the content. Sign up on our website, emboardbombs.com. We've got a bunch of handouts there that are great. These handouts are awesome to reference while you're on shift as well. You can just search our website for it. Uh, we have free quizzes there as well that you can use just to review your general EM knowledge. You can find us at Twitter at EM Board Bombs. Uh, Twitter accounts growing pretty fast. We're over a thousand, a thousand follows, and our Instagram account continues to grow fast. Hey Briggs, you ready to go? Yes, indeed. Awesome. Let's start it off. A 25-year-old intoxicated male presents to your ER via EMS. EMS says the patient was in the process of being arrested, but said they had a fever, hand pain, foot pain, body aches, and wanted to come to the ER. <laughs> Hashtag typical. Being an astute EM provider, you ask EMS why the patient was arrested under the guise of wondering if it is actually clinically relevant. Usually not. Mainly just, just to entertain yourself. Usually it's not. Usually it's not. It's just to entertain yourself. Uh, and to be thorough, EMS states the patient was using the popular TikTok app in the middle of the highway. <laughs> Apparently, they were mouthing some lyrics from a popular song while they were doing this. The patient refused to stop recording the video. Um, they kept doing video after video. Apparently, they had to get it just right before they submitted it to everyone. Uh, this prompted their arrest. Uh, he also keeps yelling at you in the ER, quote, I'm a TikTok influencer. <laughs> End quote. The patient was trying to record another video of you while you're examining them. So while you're trying to avoid being on his most recent TikTok video feed, you are able to appreciate a febrile male who has a new cardiac murmur. Hmm. Which of the following is true? Hmm. A, murmur is the most common physical exam finding in this condition. B, the most common complication is stroke. C, streptococcus is the most common cause worldwide. D, the tricuspid valve is the most common valve affected. Briggs, what's the right answer? The correct answer here is going to be alpha. Choice A, murmur is the most common physical exam finding in this condition. What is this condition, Dr. Hussain? So we're talking about endocarditis. Acute TikTok poisoning. Yeah, acute TikTok poisoning. So endocarditis is what we're talking about here. What is that? Inflammation of the endocardium, most commonly the heart valves. Uh, The most common cause is infection. Now, this answer choice was pretty easy. Uh, The the correct choice was murmurs, the most common physical exam finding in this condition. That's fine. But we're going to tell you about a couple of key things that you need to know for the boards here. And boards are, without a doubt, going to focus on this why, Briggs? Uh, because it's important. 
Yeah, and because we are going to continue to see more and more of this uh, because of the opioid epidemic oh, and that's what I meant. The drug abuse. Yeah, um, so that's why it's really important to really understand how boards are going to test you on this. And it's kind of hard to test you on this because the answer choices are pretty straightforward. Um, so we're going to be pretty granular on the key things we're going to talk about here. Briggs, what are some of the key things that you need to know? Normal endocardium, probably a good start. Yeah. So here's the deal. Short path of is 30 seconds, time me. Uh, Less, you have 10, go. <laughs> 10. No, <laughs> the normal endocardium, it's avascular. So it has a very limited ability to mount any form of immune response. So guess how much blood we have? A ton. Uh, that's a great answer, five liters, yeah. <laughs> so five liters of blood passes through each heart valve every minute, that's a lot. Damages to the endocardium can obviously increase risk for bacteria colonizing these avascular tissues. And so that's what leads to infective endocarditis. Infective endocarditis is much more common than people think. And as Dr. Hussein hinted at, its incidence is greatly increasing. As uh, heroin usage and other friendly little opioid drugs continues to rise in the U.S., so will endocarditis. Remember that, um, you know, surprisingly, opioid use is now the most common cause of accidental death in the United States. It passed motor vehicle crashes a few years ago, which is insane. Um, it's pretty nuts. It is pretty nuts. So the mortality can range from like 25 to 40% with endocarditis, depending on how soon it's diagnosed, depending on how soon it's treated. Um, the interesting thing is, Dr. Hussain, is that the bacteremia itself does not cause endocarditis. It can, but nope. it's, it's less likely. Um, think about all these people we met for sepsis. Not all of them are going to develop endocarditis, right? Um, right. There has to be two things really going on here. One, some form of damaged endocardium and or two, some type of pre-existing risk factor for this endocarditis to develop. What are the risk factors, Dr. Hussain? Yeah, so if you're a male. What? Come on, you're... man. What, really? <laughs> Age is greater than 60. IV drug abuse, poor dentition, structural heart disease, history of prior valve disease, and ESRD on hemodialysis. I feel like ESRD on hemodialysis is always a risk factor for basically everything. But and being a male, yeah, and being a male, that and is greater true. than sixty. <laughs> right. <laughs> the key ones here, though, really that poor dentition and structural heart disease and valve disease. A lot of these folks know that they've got that past history as well. Sure, and and valve disease includes prosthetic heart valves. Correct. So, Briggs, tell me about the subtypes of endocarditis, infective endocarditis, because I think a lot of times people think this is a very acute presentation. They don't appreciate some of the smoldering aspects of it. Smoldering. Ooh, smoldering. All right? I like oh, that word. Boy. I like to use that with residents all the time. Yeah. What about patients? <laughs> no. No, it's a negative. <laughs> you have a smoldering condition. <laughs> so, acute infective endocarditis, less than six weeks. Um do we really know that? No. That was probably some criteria made by uh, a bunch of doctors smoking cigars in a boardroom. <laughs> just picture with the fireplace going. Hey, what do you think? Four weeks or six weeks? <laughs> just crackling. Yeah. <laughs> fireplace crackling. Yes, indubitably. Uh, it's a smoldering condition for less than six weeks. <laughs> right, right. So, IV drug use, staph aureus. And yeah, staph aureus. Thanks for getting me back on track. Um, <laughs> I was getting there. So staph aureus, um, IV drug abuse, younger patients. Staph aureus is just, as you can imagine, uh, is just ripping into that heart valve. Subacute, that's like greater than six weeks. This is most commonly the strep viridians, post-dental patients, the older patients. That's that classic association. So the presentation here, 
the two big things that are going to be on exam that are almost always reliable and they're always going to be the board answer is pretty much any patient with a fever and a new murmur. Not only is that board relevant, but that's clinically relevant. Fever is right. present in 90% on presentation on these patients. And a new murmur is present in 85%. Right. That's really good, if you yeah, can hear it. that is. And the key thing here is they're just going to use fever and murmur to explain to you that, oh, this is endocarditis. But they're not going to ask you. The answer choice is not going to be, oh, this is endocarditis, right? Yeah, that was an M2 question or second-year med student question. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You need to know the following for the boards, though. And Briggs, you've got a pretty sweet mnemonic for this. Oh, thank you. It came to me in a dream. Oh, God. <laughs> Just go. Just go. <laughs> so the severity of fever... Doesn't matter, though. Let's keep that in mind. Yep. Um, one last thing on the physical exam, you can also see petechiae um, in about 20 to 40% of patients. So any rash, fever, new murmur, those three things, just any type of, I would say, smoldering picture, uh, that would uh, really emphasize the fact they have endocarditis. <laughs> <laughs> the letter of the day is S, or smoldering. So here's a mnemonic for you. <laughs> Nerds enjoy JSTOR. And by nerds, we mean Dr. Hussein. So the problem here is some folks might not know what JSTOR is. And then, <laughs> and then and if they don't, they're, just, they're clearly not nerds like us. Oh, my God. I, I have like a mental image of folks taking their dog on a walk right now and just Googling JSTOR right now. Like, all right. So, so is- nerds enjoy JSTOR. Um and so the letters here that are going to be part of this mnemonic, and we'll post it on Twitter, N is for new murmur, nerds. E for enjoy is emboli, so septic emboli. And this is literally like bacterial seeding. It's like these bacteria are like taking a ride on these little clumps, and they like shoot off these blood from these heart valves into these blood vessels. I can just imagine how traumatic this is. And they just like land in different areas of the body. Cough, cough, lungs. <laughs> or uh, cough, cough, stroke. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, Janeway lesions is the J for JSTOR. Um, remember that these are painless nodular abscesses in the, um, uh, or absci, if you're Greek, in the palms and soles that appear erythematous and swollen. Uh, splinter hemorrhages, uh, these are basically tiny blood clots under the nail beds. Um, they look like little freckles under the nail beds. Uh, T for temperature is greater than 100.4 you know, for fever. Osler nodes. That's O. Remember, these are the painful lesions in the hands, feet, ankles, wrists. And that's how they differ from Janeway lesions. That Osler nodes is painful. And to quote Pathoma, did you use Pathoma? What? No. You didn't have Before it? Before my time. Oh, wow. So thankfully, you're dating yourself now. I'm young. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> my generation knows Pathoma. They still use it. So Pathoma, uh, Dr. Uh, Doctor Satter, he had a great way to remember this. Ouch, ouch, Osler. Nice. Yeah, I know. I can't believe you didn't use Pathoma. How did you survive? Um, R- I just read a lot. I'm just a genius. <laughs> I answered test questions decently. <laughs> Humble brag. Um, Roth spots for R. That's a retinal hemorrhages due to immune-mediated vasculitis. Uh, good thing emergency doctors are always looking at the at the retina um, on yeah. endoscopy. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. So uh, labs. What are we going to get? Uh, we need to get blood cultures. Times one, times two, times three. Which one do you think? Times three. Ooh. And get them 10 minutes apart. Along with like CRP, ESR, CBC, CMP, that kind of stuff. So what type of echo are we going to get? Which one's a better echo? Well, that's kind of an obvious question. The TEE yeah. is greater than 90% sensitive. Um, that's really good. The TTE, my transthoracic, is about 75% sensitive. So it's, you know, about a good 15% less. 
Um, it's 100% specific, though. Both are 100% specific. They see anything, you know, like uh, vegetations or anything, you're done. That's what it is. It's endocarditis. Um, but the big thing is that the TEE is much better, as you can imagine, of being more accurate for ruling out uh, endocarditis. Um, we're not going to go over the Duke criteria. You do not need to know no, that. No, you don't need to know that. Um, and that's something that I strongly believe. There are certain criteria in emergency medicine you should memorize. The Duke criteria is not one of them. <laughs> yeah. um, when do you do a TEE after a TTE? This is an interesting point, Dr. Hussain. What do you think about that? First of all, do you have a positive TTE? Right. So if you have a positive TTE, you kind of know what's going on. Um, if you have a negative TTE with a high clinical suspicion or positive blood cultures, patient still febrile, that's when you're going to be thinking about doing that TEE. And then you go straight to the TEE when you're going to have limited windows. Um, everyone loves reading those echo results of limited interpretation due to limited windows. That's wonderful. Yeah, and any type of prior valve abnormality or prosthetic valves, they're so high risk. You just need to go straight to a TEE. Right. Because um, you need that accuracy. Um, you're, of course, going to get other things like a chest X-ray. Um, and then here's the big thing that comes up. You're going to have a low suspicion to CT scan these people. And by CT scan, we mean CT head and CT chest, specifically sometimes abdomen. Why is that? So this is absolutely critical for you to know because this might be the way you're tested on endocarditis. Because we talked about how you have these bacteria that are splintering out throughout the body. A lot of times they're landing in the brain, they're landing in the lungs as well. Um, so that's why you should have a very low threshold to do this type of imaging. And that might be a question choice that you're presented with. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one thing I actually just thought of right now um, on the fly, because, uh, you know, Ian Borbombs uh, encourages um, ingenuity, uh, is uh, remember how aortic dissection, there was chest pain plus? You remember? <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Not like, at all. <laughs> Um, like I said, Ian Borbombs encourages ingenuity. Um, so chest, <laughs> chest pain plus like neuro findings, you think aortic dissection, chest pain plus back pain. You know what I mean? You're getting, you, you see where I'm going now. It was yeah, like yeah. a special type of chest pain or dissection. Okay. Well, now that we got that out of the way. So for <laughs> endocarditis, I think of fever plus. So we think of fever plus PE symptoms. You gotta think of bacterial septic emboli, um, or stroke symptoms plus fever. Uh, we got to think about bacterial emboli causing a stroke to the brain. And that's the way that they're going to try to get you on the boards. Yeah. They're not going to worry about Duke's criteria or anything like that. Uh, honestly, the, you know, even the Nerds Enjoy JSTOR, that's important to know. But the way they're going to get you on the boards is by not taking into account the sequela of endocarditis, especially in the acute setting, because those are things that you need to address uh, pretty quickly. Yeah. Although IV drug use is classically associated with that right-sided um, you know, lesions with a tricuspid valve, you know, that's a classic uh, medical school association. Left-sided seating is still much more common. You have to remember that's why the tricuspid valve answer was wrong. The most common valve affected is a mitral valve. This is a board epidemiology question. Straight up board question. Memorize that. That's potentially going to be on your boards. Yeah. However, when you do see right-sided endocarditis, it's almost pretty much 100% IV drug use associated. So here are some differences quickly between right-sided and left-sided endocarditis in terms of, you know, presentation. So right-sided endocarditis, you're going to have, you know, pulmonary septic emboli, which makes logical sense. Left-sided endocarditis is going to have variable systemic effects. You're going to have stroke. That's the most common. 
Uh, and then there's concern for, you know, just think about clots that are thrown everywhere else, right? You could have some form of mesenteric ischemia. You could have limb ischemia. You could have renal infarction, scary stuff. Complications in general, the number one complication is going to be cardiac. Uh, which makes perfect sense, right? Nearly 50% of patients, half of patients with endocarditis will have some form of long-term valve disease or heart failure, and they'll never recover from it. The next complication is going to be neurosymptoms. So um, what we just mentioned earlier, right? So these are going to be strokes. Um, sometimes the bacterial seeding can cause intraparenchymal hemorrhages. Sometimes it can cause brain abscesses, abscessi, again, if you're Greek, um, 40% of patients. I'm glad you laughed that time. Uh, took two tries. And then septic emboli elsewhere, that's like 25% of patients. These numbers are insane. <laughs> These are insane are. numbers. Are. 50% of patients have heart failure or valve disease. 40% have some type of neurostroke, abscess, hemorrhage. And then 25%, you know, don't, don't worry, they're not left out. 25% of patients will have some type of septic emboli going elsewhere. So what's the treatment, Dr. Zane? Let's get into that and let's wrap it up. This is what you need to know. For empiric coverage, only vanc is really needed unless you suspect a fungal cause. Although ceftriaxone comes into play when? Um, when you're thinking of strep viridens or strep bovis. Exactly. So when it comes to key pearls here and tying all of this in, they're going to make it pretty obvious to you in the question stem that this is endocarditis, especially with the murmur and fever. So any question that you see murmur fever or heck, any patient you have with that, you should be thinking about endocarditis. Mm -hmm. But what they really want you to know are some of the sequelae, right? So what are some of those things that pop up? CT head, CT uh, chest, abdomen, pelvis, they might allude to the patient having belly pain, they might allude to the patient having shortness of breath or being a bit hypoxic. So you need to know the right type of imaging modality to order. And then on top of that, you need to know a couple key just epi things. What's one of the epi things we talked about, Briggs? No, there's so many. Um, really, the main epi thing is going to be that the left-sided endocarditis is much more common than right. Um, exactly. Remember that the biggest risk factors besides the obvious ones that they will not test you on, like males and older than 60, the big ones are going to be obviously IV drug use, poor dentition, any form of structural heart disease or prosthetic heart valves. Um, remember that acute infective endocarditis worldwide, that's the most common uh, type of endocarditis. Staph aureus is the most common bug. The second most common bug is strep viridens, usually post-dental. Um, remember that the random clinical findings that are not reliable at all, uh, Janeway lesions, splinter hemorrhages, Osler nodes, Roth spots. Well, there we have it. I think we wrapped it up pretty yeah, well. Yeah, I, I think we actually need to go over one more thing. Um, yeah. Marion Webster defines the word smolder as oh. to burn sluggishly, without <laughs> flame, and often with much smoke. <laughs> oh, man. I don't even know what to say to that. No, let's, insert, no. let's insert our own word used in a sentence. Instead of the, <laughs> rema <laughs> the remains of the heart valves smoldered with bacteria. We already know what the title of this pod is going to be. It's pretty clear. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's wrap it up. Are you taking us out or am I taking us out? No, take us out. I heard you were buying me dinner tonight. Is that right? <laughs> I already bought you dinner last week. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's another board bomb delivered. Remember to sign up on our website at Ian Boardbombs for future episodes, new content, updates. Again, that's ianboardbombs.com. It's totally free to sign up. Hey, guess how much it is? Zero dollars. For free. <laughs> the benefit is knowing when new episodes are up, bonus content such as extra episodes. They're only available to those who sign up. Um, we have a lot of email subscribers. We have over 500 email subscribers. Wow. I know, big time. Big time. Um, 
that list is just growing. So you can find us on Twitter. Our handle is at EMBoardBomb. Same with Instagram. Drop us an Apple review. And uh, check out our quizzes. Check out our handouts. And uh, we'll see you next time. See ya.